Welcome to A Learner's Journey. My name is Molly Sanders, and the goal of this podcast is to inspire and motivate you by connecting you with a variety of passionate horsewomen and men who have dedicated their lives to helping horses and their people. I'm grateful you're here. Welcome to the latest episode of A Learner's Journey. The topic you're going to hear about today is one that is personally very relevant for me. The conversation you're going to hear is a really special one. And chances are, if you're listening or watching, you have grappled with confidence or are currently grappling with confidence in your own horsemanship journey, or maybe you know someone who is. If either of those are true, you are in the right place. Our goal in this conversation is to share our stories, to share strategies that have helped us along the way, and also bring this topic out into the open and help you know that you are not alone. It can feel that way when you're going through it, um, but you are among friends. I'd like to tell you a little bit about the two women who join me in this conversation. The first is Michelle Scully. Michelle has quickly become one of my very favorite authors. Her love of language, horses, and finding joy and wisdom in the little things is inspiring and has a way of reflecting your own story back to you in a whole new way. I'd highly recommend both of her books, Broken, Tales of a Titanium Cowgirl, and her new book, Horsemanship and Life, A True Story. And next is Chrissy McDonald an accomplished horsewoman who's created Heartline Horse Training and is the author of four books and an online blog. She travels the country teaching horsemanship alongside her husband, Mark Rashid. Her book, Continuing the Ride, Rebuilding Confidence from the Ground Up, would be a perfect way to extend the conversation you're about to hear. Links to both Michelle and Chrissy can be found in the show notes. And now let's get to the conversation. So I wanted to start off with asking Michelle to share a little bit about how this idea came about, because it's really, this is all your fault that we're doing this. It Uh, usually is. Yeah. So will you share a little bit about why you wanted to have this this topic discussed and why us? About confidence? Sure. And thank you for, and both of you for indulging my crazy, hey, I have an idea. And you guys are both like, sure. Um, I had actually just started writing an article called After the Fall. You're on the horse, you're off the horse, now what? Because of my own experience having an accident now over 11 years ago where I broke my back um, and finding my way back because there was never a moment I didn't want to be back in the saddle. So how did I find my way back? And then time has moved on. And I wrote a book about that. And people would reach out to me and say, thank you for sharing that. I'm in the thick of it. And I feel destroyed, dismantled, confused, dismayed. Um, And it gave me chills right now because my goal was, okay, what is the purpose of this book? And it was to encourage one person and help one horse get a better deal. And I've been at this a long time and I should be a lot better than I am, but I've been at this a long time and I've seen, you know, I started off in the world of just do things with horses 
And then I made my way into um, seeking help from horsemen and horsewomen. And I think in that the years since then, I've seen a lot of change. And I think we've all seen from where we started and kind of where we're sitting right now. Um, there's much more of a recognition that it's not just get horses to do things, but it's like, how does your horse feel about the thing? And lo and behold, guess what? The operator, the other part of this partnership is bringing all their stuff to the party. And usually we find out like, oh, shoot, we need a therapist. We need to work on this stuff. And the two of you, you know, it's like I find the horse world like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, how do you come across to know each other? Um, Chrissy and I met years ago. And um, after I had had my accident, in fact, I have a chapter called in my book, Broken, uh, Embrace the Schlub. And it was from Chrissy telling me, it takes just, it's okay. You know, there's a season for things. And then you and I met through us seeking more horsemanship with Charlie Snell. And I knew that you had had an accident. And in this article that I wrote, it's astounding how many of us have accidents, you know? So um, it seems to me a thing people don't really talk about. And at the same time, it's not like we want to stay stuck on the pain or the trauma, but we want to learn from that and move forward. And Chrissy even wrote a whole book called Continuing the Ride about that. And I just really felt it on my heart. Like this is a conversation you don't hear very often. And I know there's a lot of people out there, I think that would have interest in it if the statistics rang true. Yeah, that's great. I, um, when you reached out to me, I had just gotten an email probably a week prior from somebody asking that I do something on this topic. And so then your email came along and I was like, oh, well, there we go. We'll, we'll start there. Um, so I really appreciate that. And both of the books that were mentioned, Chrissy, yours and Michelle, yours, I'll make sure that there are links to those so people can get them. Cause I know that we all want to get as much as we can, um, uh, information. You. So thank you. Thank you for, for making this happen. Um, this well, thank you, Molly. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I thought that it might be helpful to, briefly talk about what confidence is to each of us like how would you define it because it's a word that's it's so commonly used and um, I think it's helpful to hear from people well what do you mean by you know confidence so uh Michelle do you want to start how would you define you. it um I wrote it down because lots of times I have this like light bulb moment and then I'm like damn it I can't remember sorry shoot I can't remember what it was and my son Jake is like mom if it was such a good idea you'd remember and I'm like you you get older and get eight million wheels turning in your head dude and then come back to me and that's talk not about true that. <laughs> that's that is not true you after a certain age nothing sticks thank you we're not velcro anymore that's right um, I often think that there's degrees of attention and um, situational awareness, like people cruise around in white, just oblivious, or there's black, which is like, there's a zombie apocalypse. But I think as people, we can have willful or willful obliviousness. 
And we do that in activities that we do. You know, like I have said, written in my book, I'm a jump off, ask how deep later person, like hardwired that way. And after I've broken a bunch of bones, I'm like, slow your roll, you know? So I'm coming along to paying attention to that. But I think confidence is whether you call it the congruence or confluence of preparation put into action. That's great. I, like I that. love that. Yeah. Thank you. How about you, Chrissy? Um, I gave that a lot of thought. And I would say that confidence for me is belief in yourself. Um, and I agree with Michelle. There's there's degrees of things. Like I'm pretty confident I can brush my teeth twice a day. It's no problem, right? So it's not as though we're without confidence across the board. We usually are without confidence in certain areas, especially after something traumatic happens. And so, because everything gets shaken because we didn't see it coming. It was a surprise. We question our skills as horse people um, or at whatever you're questioning your skills on. And so it's as much about rebuilding belief in yourself in that particular area. And I think it's really important to recognize that we all are confident in a lot of areas of our life, um, but the, but that we get shaky in maybe this one area. Maybe for someone it's getting on a horse, maybe for someone it's cantering, maybe for someone it's going over jumps, maybe for someone it's trail riding, whatever, whatever it is. But even with horses, I believe we can find somewhere where we can believe in ourselves, even if it's grooming or leading a horse or picking up their feet. We can build that in until we can, we have that belief in ourselves. Okay, I'm, I'm good. I know how to groom my horse. I know when my horse is enjoying it. I know what spots are touchy, you know, but like Michelle said, so often we just jump in with both feet. And we're like, okay, I had a riding accident, which means I need to get back on and I need to ride until I'm not scared anymore. And unfortunately it doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, kind of some of the fallacies in the horse world that maybe have some truth to them, but that's definitely a, a big one um, that we'll talk more about. And I think it's interesting, Chrissy, that you use the word belief because that is what I used in my definition as well. And I feel like it's the belief that we have the skills and knowledge to complete a certain task, you know, no matter if the task is like brushing your teeth or interviewing people on a podcast or, you know, things like that. And um, when things happen, when we get into accidents, um, or maybe it's not even an accident, maybe it's that we're new to horses or we're new to, uh, like Chrissy, you mentioned jumping. Um, it We know, our brains know we don't have all the skill and knowledge yet, and that can lead to a slip in, in confidence. Um, and then when we get into uh, situations where we do injure ourselves, I think our brains automatically are going to question, Hey, do you really, do you have the skill to, to do that? Like, look what happened last time. Right. So, um, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the worst accident I had with the horse, we were at a standstill. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like... Okay. Great segue because that is my next question is oh, just, to, just to briefly talk a little bit about what led you to having to deal with how to rebuild your confidence. Mm -hmm. So I had a wreck in 2014. This must've been a couple of years after yours, Michelle. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I was riding a horse who I'd brought along. She was a clinic horse. I, she was really green at seven years old. And by the time that the accident happened, I think she was about 12. Um, and I had seen it before on the ground is if you tighten the girth, she would, what looked like would happen is she would rear up and then fall over. But she never, up until that point, she was zero problem. Like she was super easy. She was gracious. She was, we were a great team together. Um, and I rehabbed her for a year, did all the things I could think to do. Um, started her back slowly, started, you know, girthing slowly and it didn't show up again. And I thought, okay, if I go slow and I listen to her, I think we'll be fine. And it was fine for about a month. And then one day um, we were in Florida in between clinics and I did all the things that I normally do. We went really slow. Mark got on his horse. I got on my horse and I tilted her nose just a little bit. And that's the last thing I remember because she went straight up and then she fell backward. Um, so, you know, Mark said, I rode her all the way down, <laughs> but Good job. Um, yeah, yay me. Um, but, uh, she ended up falling onto my right thigh. So she crushed my, the right side of my body beneath her. And then she was panicked. So she, when she got up, she stepped on my right thigh too. So, um, I was, I was knocked out. So I wasn't there for that. I, this is just what Mark said and what my body said. Um, so yeah, that was my, that was my accident and it was no one's fault. It was, right. it was no one's fault. I don't blame the horse. I've stopped blaming myself. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Michelle knows that. I'm sure you know that too. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Michelle, how about you? I'm going to give us a brief synopsis. This, like you mentioned, this is in your book, which I've read, loved, need to read again. It's so well done. Chrissy, I'm excited to read yours. Oh, good. Um, Thank you. But do you want to tell us a little bit about? Sure. And, and um, one thing, I think Chrissy, you had said something earlier, you know, about belief in the bit by bits building it. and less kids you know most kids just come out like gangbusters like all the confidence in the world and they're my role models um in in my case on the spectrum my accident was my horse told me exactly that her mind had left the building she was i it, i had just been at a clinic with mark rashid and seen mark and chrissy and it had been one of those years when we actually had rain in california and I snuck out late in the day in January for what I thought, hello, people, what we think and what happens are two different things for a short ride. And everything was going great. We were really connected until something new in the environment caught her eye. And I knew enough to know it had, but I ignored it because I was like, chop, chop, we need to get home before it's dark. And then a little bit further into the ride, she she was like, let's go. And I was like, oh, this is this is a nice second clue. This horse usually doesn't like to give me a bunch of forward as Chrissy knows about wish. And I was like, this is fabulous. Well, and then the perfect storm was the rabbit. And at work, Schiller talks about the 13 rabbits. Well, this was the actual rabbit and it, I could see it still out in my memories out of the corner of my eye and it ran right 
across her at a diagonal and she was like, whoa, and she went up and over as horses are remarkable at doing. And I made this brilliant thing. I'm like, well, I'm just going to dismount because I don't want to go into the brush and the trees. And that didn't work out. So I landed on my back. The good thing, and my back blew up. The good thing, the good thing about my accident was, and that's one thing I wrote about in this article is the deconstruction of it. And Chrissy just deconstructed it for us right out of the gate. If you're able to deconstruct it, if you can see the thing, then that's that's a resource. That's a good thing. Lots of people don't have that. Will you will you talk a little bit more about that? What you mean by that? Deconstructing it? Yeah. In in my case, I knew enough to know. Um, and that gets into the whole horsemanship thing is how we learn to understand what horses are telling us. And are they with us? Are they not with us? Um, is our horse's mind way elsewhere? Can we ask them? Can you, it's, you know, it's not like they're robots. We need you to be here all the time, but can I ask you to come back with me? Um, and her mind was fixated on the thing and, and, it was so clear. I knew that. And I also, speaking of forgiving yourself, Chrissy, I also knew enough to know that I needed to do something different. I needed to, to redirect my own agenda to dealing with her where she was and help her feel better. And I let it's getting dark be my thing instead. Does that answer the question? It, it does. So it's basically being able to learn from the incident, being able to break it apart and go, okay, here's where I could have done something different um, so that you can maybe replay it and have a different outcome. Exactly. And, and I don't blame my horse because I, I dropped the reins. I failed her to be where she needed me to be. Um, And I don't blame the rabbit. The rabbit was just the vehicle for the perfect storm. Right. Right. Okay. Very cool. So um, my my story, I'll I'll try to make it brief. Um, I have three accidents that have led me to today. Um, the one that really, for the first time in my life, I had to think about confidence and rebuilding confidence um, in a big way. Not just that I was kind of nervous to you know get on and go over a jump or something like that, but that I was like. I couldn't think anymore. I was like panicky. Like I had no confidence. Um, the accident that led to that was an attempted first ride on a young thoroughbred. Um, and I, I'd done all the right things. Like I got support. I'm not a cult starter. Um, I've done a couple of them, but I've always had support. So I got support. I thought I'd, you know, we checked off all the things and it was just this fluky. I stepped up in the saddle. we done a bunch of testing, you know, putting weight in the stirrup, all those things. He seemed fine. Everything was checking out. But then when I went to get all the way on the weight of it, the movement of it, you know, uh, was too much for him. And he went forward and, um, and then, so I say attempted first ride, cause I didn't even get to swing the leg over. Uh, and I, I went to come back down and all the horses that I was used to riding were quarter horses and you can step down, but the thoroughbred, there's no stepping down. Like, so I went to step down and ended up uh, blowing out my knee, um, which led to surgery and having to recover uh, my, my physical strength. 
Um, and I think that'll that's something I want to chat with you guys a little bit about is the effect on when you injure yourself um, that it does something, you know, you're, it really, it really causes your brain to, to do its job of keeping us safe. But it really, at least for me, it really set that in motion where my brain was like, and it was, and it went along with how I healed. So it's almost like my brain knew when, when it wasn't even safe to be in the pasture with the horses, like if they knocked me, my, you know, I just had surgery. So I stayed on the other side of the fence. And then as that healed, I felt confident to get in the pasture. So it was interesting how my healing, um, made sense safety wise. And I, I really grew to respect and listening to that. Um, so and then uh, fast forward five years, I had a project horse um, where I made all of the errors. Like Michelle, you were saying, you know, he was giving me all these signs. I wasn't mentally present that day or as present as he needed me to be. I had all sorts of other things on my mind. Um, and we got into a pretty bad wreck um, and I fractured a vertebrae. Um, but that one, I could, and the, the, those, both of those two, I could replay the events and go, here's where I went wrong. Here's what I would do differently. And it, it made the, um, rebuilding of the confidence. It, it made it go a little bit smoother. The last little wreck that I had, that's really been challenging for me is when I got cleared to ride after I hurt my back, um, I got on my steady Eddie horse who I've used in clinics and had people on. He's super trustworthy. And my dogs came running out of the side of the uh, arena and kind of spooked him. And he does this little twisty head bucky thing sometimes when he's on adrenaline. And it wasn't a big deal. I've ridden it so many times. And perfect storm, my my cinch wasn't tight enough. My saddle slipped in slow motion. I'm going, there's no way I'm coming off. This isn't happening. And, um, I ended up coming off and injuring my, I broke my finger, which is a long story, but, um, but that one has been a little bit more challenging because that one, you know, I can replay the events and definitely, you know, make sure my cinch is tight, but that one was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, so it's caused me to think about things in a different way, um, that I probably will share more about as we go on. Um, so that gives everybody, <laughs> gets everybody's adrenaline up listening to our stories, <laughs> but hopefully, um, what a fun, what a fun bunch we are. <laughs> yeah, totally. And Michelle, like you said earlier, when we first, um, joined the call together, I, you know, as I've gone along on this journey, I don't care how skilled you are, how many years you put in. It's like, it's almost like the more years you put in, the more, the more you've seen, you know, the more um, times you've come off or, uh, you know, hopefully it gets less and less as you get more and more skilled, but um, it's, you know, we, we decided to fall in love with a, with an endeavor that's not high up on the safety it's uh, not crochet yeah right <laughs> exactly i have a, a mentor when i um had the first wreck and he said to me he said you know we didn't get into stamp collecting and i was like yep that's true 
I hate stamp collecting. <laughs> um, so what I'd love to hear is um, what are some of the strategies that were key for you in rebuilding your confidence and getting back to where you wanted to be? So Chrissy, how about you? Sure. Um, before I start on that, I just want to tell you, um, you and Michelle both, uh, I'm really sorry for both your wrecks. Thank I, you. I just, and I speak from a place of com compassion because I know how challenging they are. So yes, I just want you to know that I feel it. Um, the second thing is, is that uh, when we have accidents with horses, whether they're tiny, like our toe being stepped on, she doesn't feel tiny in the moment, but, um, if, you know, all the way up to breaking bones or going in the hospital or having surgery, all of those little insults are registered. And so by the time you get to a big wreck, you have all the little things that have filled up that ac tr accident or trauma glass. Right. And then at some point it just your body can't handle anymore. So that's, that's, I believe when we go into fight or flight mode or freeze, you know, our, our heart rate goes up, we sweat, our mouths get dry, we shake. Um, so it's not just, I think it's important to know that it's not just the big wreck that your body has stored. It's the smaller things, you know, a stepped on toe, uh, if you got knocked over, um, a horse, you know, if you got kicked or if you, I mean, all the things that happen when we're around horses for any length of time, just because they're horses and we're people, you know, they're big and fast and we're slow and small. So it's just, it's just what it is. Um, so I think it's important just to keep in mind that it's not just the, the thing. It's not just the wreck, right? It's all the things that lead up to it. Um, so some of the strategies that I found were really helpful. The first one was titration, and you already spoke about this. Instead of going in the pasture with your horses, you stayed on the other side of the fence because that's where you felt safe. So titration, and this is where belief in yourself comes in for me. So titration means we listen to our bodies and we hear them, right? Because we can listen, and I think we've all had the experience. We can listen, you know, oh, my horse is saying this thing, but it'll be okay. We'll just go down, the, you know, just do what we're doing. And then it's not okay. Um, whereas 90 other times it was okay. So, you know, it's such a learning curve. Um, so when I say, listen to your body, not only do we listen, but we honor it just like you did. I'm, it makes me too nervous to go in the pasture. So I'm going to stay outside and, and just look at them. And then as you healed, you could get closer to them. That's titration in action. So we don't just go out, okay, the doctor cleared me for riding, saddle up, roar down the trail, right? That's not titration. <laughs> so titration is the first thing, um, which means we listen to ourselves and we um, follow our own guidance. And then um, starting slow and small just like I was talking about. I can be really confident when I'm grooming my horse, but it makes me really nervous to saddle. Okay, so why don't we explore grooming and then break saddling down into really small things. It might be just looking at your saddle and then calling it a day and getting up to the point where you can put your hands, I mean, just 
backing things way off and going really slowly. So we're not avoiding it, but we're slowing things down enough that our nervous system can take in the message, okay, I'm still safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. One thing that popped into my mind, and then Michelle, I want to hear some of yours, um, is a concept that was shared with me recently was the idea of falling back in love with the, the endeavor or our horses maybe. Um, and that when we have a traumatic incident, sometimes we can, uh, like you'd said, Chrissy, we want to avoid it. We don't want to, maybe we don't get the same enjoyment out of it anymore because we're, we're thinking about the thing that's 50 steps away. We're thinking about the riding. We're thinking about being back out on the trail, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And we start to feel really discouraged and disappointed. And, and that love affair that got us into it in the first place, all of a sudden kind of dwindles and that we need to think about what caused us to fall in love in the first place. Like, um, Michelle, you'd mentioned kids and how, what wonderful teachers they are, like going back to, if you had horses around you when you were a kid, what was it about it that you loved and do those things? Like for me, going and smelling my horses, like brings me joy, burying my face in their neck. And so doing a lot of those things to be able to fall back in love, because this process of rebuilding takes effort and time. And, um, and if we don't have that love or that, you know, um, that feeling of being in love, uh, it can, it can be uh, uphill battle. So that was something that came into my mind when you were talking about the titration and the breaking it into slow, uh, small steps. So thank you. Yeah. Michelle, how about you? I think Chrissy's was so good from a trauma and regulation standpoint. And um, mine is probably going to start externally. Like I want to debunk cowboy up and yes, <laughs> debunk it. Um, it take, it takes the time it takes and it's not a contest. And I'm guilty of so many of these things because by nature, I'm a just scrappy and if you're a country person who likes horses, you're probably, we're kind of cut out of a similar kind of, we got this. Um, if something blows up your concept of self, like how you are with horses, how you are physically, and it's in your mind as well, um, it's going to be a process. And cow, if you're looking around and everybody's jumping big fences and riding the big circle and doing all the things and you're like, oh, I suck. It's really easy to get into that. So I'm like, this is about you, your experience, your confidence and falling back in love because we wouldn't even be having this conversation if we didn't feel that gravitational pull. And it might've been Jane Smiley who wrote something about that once, but it's it's like a, the sun, you know? Um, will rotate and revolve around it all day long because we love horses there. And it's a spectrum like anything else. Get right back on that horse doesn't work if like your bone is bent and you're immobile and you all these things doesn't work if your head's not in that place. It does no favors to your horse and it does no favors to you. I like to look at it as a rebuilding of confidence for both of us because I don't think our horses enjoy 
knowing that they were part of this, you know, wheels flying off the wagon. Um, so it takes the time it takes. And I think you need to surround yourself with people. Like Chrissy took a moment and said, I want to tell you both. I, I feel she gave space and credence to our experience. Um, find people like that, you know, find people who, if your goal is to get back out on the trail, a thousand steps into it, then find people who are going to be like, can we do little bits? And are you okay? And is your horse okay? Not people who are like, keep up loser. Um, you're going to have to reassess how, how you do it. And I had to give myself a break because I'm a very independent minded person. And it's really hard for me to be the person who needs the care, but I had to be like, there's a season for everything. And this is my season for not being the one who does X, Y, and Z. Um, and that really is why I wrote my book because it wasn't like a wah, wah, wah. This is a sad thing that happened to me. It was the realization, I call it a black Sharpie line moment. All of us have had them, whether they're losses of people, animals we love, divorces, disappointments, terrible things. We've all had them. And it's a line on the white paper that says that is different than this. This will forever be then and, and going forward. So the thing I found is it's increments, like Chrissy said, like stack up the small joys, smack up, stack up the small successes, um, find people who will be like, Hey, I, I see. Um, in my case, it was getting back on with a different horse. Um, and my friend, our mutual friend, Shannon, um, had come out to visit me and she did some body work on my horses and said, you know, do you want to sit on your horse? How do you feel? And there was so much emotion attached to it. Not like I ever blamed my horse because it was not her fault at all. But like, that was my, oh, I'm going to need to do this with a different horse when I do get back on. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, but let's debunk cowboy up. Yeah. I, I love that. And I just, as I'm listening to both of you, it's so helpful and, um, to hear these other stories. And I hear my own story in what you guys are sharing. And I think when Michelle, when you reached out to me about this idea, that was my hope is that people that are listening, um, that you hear something about your own story and that maybe you get a, a nugget, you know, that you can take with you or two, um, or just the, the idea that you're not alone in this. Uh, so I thank you both for what you're sharing. Um, so two things that came to me, um, in addition to what you guys shared, one of the things that was absolutely pivotal for me, the first go round, um, and maybe I need to revisit this this time because I haven't been using this as much, but is the power of visualization because one of the things that happened for me and I think it's common for people that get into wrecks is your mind wants to replay the wreck, and you know you go to think about putting the saddle on and your mind wants to replay the wreck and maybe in the middle of the night and you know get your your heart racing, and that is such a powerful thing. Our brain is doing its job; it's trying to say, hey. Uh, knock, knock, that didn't go so well the first time, don't do that again. And so it's really, I think it's trying to remind us of, you know, to not do it again. And so I started to use that 
um, for the positive. I started to replay the event and know I, I'd gotten the knowledge. Um, I didn't necessarily have the skills yet, but I had the knowledge of what I needed to do differently. And I replayed that event and I wrote it. I, it was completely different. My timing was there. You know, I knew, I knew what to do and when to do it. And that was, it was hugely helpful for me because I go from being in this panic state to being in a feeling of confidence, feeling of trust in my skills that I had just ridden that ride. And so that was really powerful for me um, using, using visualization. And then the other thing was, um, I'm going to use a couple terms and I'm not saying that the way I'm using them is correct, but it's the way it made sense to me. So um, I delineated between fear and anxiety. And what I mean by that is, so for me, I think a lot of times a message that we hear is fear is something to be shoved down. Fear is something to be ignored, but in the horse world, oh my goodness, like it's this golden bat of knowledge. It's, it's something to me. And this is, let me share what my, what my delineation is. Fear to me is when you're in the present moment and there's something happening that's giving you information that you need to listen to. And it might be that gut feeling, or, you know, like Chrissy, you were sharing, um, if, if you're, if you're feeling like you shouldn't be doing this, listen to that, honor yourself. Um, that to me is fear. And it's something to be, um, I don't know if I'm going to say revered. I don't know if it needs to be that strong, but it's something to be honored. It's, it's our friend. It's helping us. Anxiety is not in the present moment to me. It's when you're thinking of, when you're replaying the event, when you're thinking of what could happen, when you're thinking of what you saw on Facebook, you know, one of those memes that are the videos that go around that you never want to see again. Um, that to me is anxiety. And it's when, and you're not in the present moment, you're not looking at what your horse is is doing, you're not, you're not present. And so for me, that was so helpful to know, to really feel the difference between the two. Um, and when I'd start, when my heart rate would start to come up, um, I would really, I'd take a moment and go, am I present? And look at my horse. And if, if there was something that truly was giving me a message, I listened. But if it was something that was in my imagination, I you know, brought myself back. So that was, those were key pieces for me, the visualization and then making the difference between fear and anxiety. Right. And that's, that's a really good, um, that's a really good way to kind of start to tease those apart because whether it's fear or anxiety, um, both of those, I think probably as humans, but certainly in the horse world, if you're a real horse person, I just put air quotes around that. You don't ever get afraid and you're not anxious. You'll ride anything. You're a match. Ride anything, doing anything at any time, right? And so now not only are we programmed to not acknowledge anxiety or fear, now we have to feel ashamed about it. So how's that for a trifecta, right? Oh, great. Fear and shame or anxiety and shame. It just, it doesn't like you were saying, that's really well put. It pulls you out of the present because now I'm so ashamed. I'm all wrapped up in myself. 
and so I, I think it's really important to recognize, and you were, both of you have touched on this, is what can I do instead of what can't I do? Oh man, I can't go out and trail ride. Okay, what can you do? Can you ride in the arena? No. Can you ride in the round pen? No. Can you saddle your horse and walk him around? Okay, right? What can I do instead of, I can't do this and I can't do that and this, and this wreck happened. And like you said, it just unspools in your mind and you drive yourself up into anxiety. I think the question, what can I do is far more productive than ruminating on what I can't. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. it, it made me think about one of the things that I did was I considered everything a ride. So yeah. Because it's all little, like you'd mentioned earlier, the titrations, it's all little micro steps toward the ride. So me going and getting my horse in the pasture, that might have been my ride for the day. Yeah. And, you know, reading, maybe they were a little tense or I was, you know, all of those things inform us um, and get us closer to the thing that we'd like to do. But I love that focusing on here's the things I can do as opposed to, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, wonderful. Right. right. Yeah. Molly, can I jump on that? Yes. What, what it brings us back to is this journey of horsemanship, which we're never going to arrive at the end of it, but the me when I was a 15-year-old girl with a horse versus the things I've learned. <clears throat> um, leading a horse I mean, Harry Whitney's the one who's like, he, I had a story in my newest book saying that he was on an airplane and the man next to him asked him, what do you do? And they got into a conversation and he's like, oh, tell me like the most complicated thing that you help people do with horses. And Harry shares the example of leading a horse, mm -hmm. telling, 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 yes. you know? So it's like, if you have had a trauma it's an opportunity in anything we love whether it's crocheting and your hooks too sharp whether it's you you've got a guitar back there mastery of basics is what people who are incredibly advanced do like how beautiful are all your basics um go back to that point you know learn explore find a good mentor somebody who's like it's very telling how you halter your horse it's very telling Work Schiller says this all day long, that you go out and what does your horse do? And my chubby little horse right now just shows me his butt because he's like green grass is a million times more interesting than you. So I'm like working. Um, there's a thousand things you can do. Like you said, that's the ride. They all add up to the horsemanship. The better our horsemanship, the better our awareness of our own feelings and how our horse is feeling and responding and can has what resources they have to respond in kind to us. Those are all things you can do without ever getting on a horse. Yeah. They're only going to be in the wind column. Yeah. Get a, get, get something in the wind column. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've touched on the ideas, you know, the common sayings that we hear in the horse world of get right back on, um, you know, even the, don't let him, or what is it? Um, don't let him see you not be the boss. I'm totally flubbing it. What is that saying? I've never heard that. 
yeah, that you're not afraid, but what's the show them who's boss, I guess is the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and they all boil down to, you know, that if you feel fear, don't show it, push through it. Um, and I wonder if either of you feel like, is there any truth in that? Is there, cause sometimes I, I think, you know, phrases that are passed down and become these common phrases that there is, there is a small element of truth in it, or maybe in a certain situation, but that it becomes this like blanket thing that covers everything. And it's, it doesn't represent, maybe it represents 20%, but it's supposed to cover the whole thing. Like, do you see any truth in that idea of if you feel the fear, do it anyway? I would say, uh, yes, because like you, I don't think there are statements that are all bad. I don't think we need to demonize those things. Um, if you feel fear and do it anyway, the caveat is, is how much. So on a scale of one to 10, or if you're in an eight, I don't see any benefit. Um, I frequently am on a, you know, anxiety or fear scale of my body. In, in other words, my body has a response when I look at my horse who's saddled and I'm getting ready to go teach. Um, most days now I'm at a one, as far as fear goes, uh, depending on what's going on, that can spike as high as a five or a six. And so I will end up being with my horse, but I probably don't ride. So on days when it's a one or two, I can, um, work through that and have a really nice ride with my horse. So I am afraid and I'm riding anyway, but I would discourage people from, you know, getting on a horse when you're in the middle of a panic attack or when, whether, when you're feeling like you're completely activated and can't think straight. So that's where I think you're exactly right. We take this phrase, you know, ride through the fear, and then we apply it to everything. And that's, it doesn't work that way, at least from my experience. Yeah. I love, I love how you said that and giving your own uh, experience. I think that's so helpful um, to consider, you know, what's the situation where is my, you know, fear level at? And then am I going to be out in front of a group of people? You know, how much, how much bandwidth do I have? How much brain space do I have to dedicate to me and my horse versus what's going on? Maybe I need to be on the ground for this. Um, that's, that's so, that's so great. The one, the one situation I could think of is, you know, when in the past, when, I have like as a young youngster have come off or um, was nervous about something, but it wasn't, I, I hadn't been injured and, um, and it was just like this little bit of nervousness getting back on helped me to go, I can do this. This is, you know, it's doable. I'm, I'm okay. And it, it kept me from building more and more fear, I think. So that's where I feel like there is some truth in it, but it's, it's just, it's too common. It's too, and like uh, you guys both mentioned, there's all of this baggage that comes with it of, you know, if you're going to be a good horseman or woman, you, you know, you're not going to ever feel fear or un unconfident. Um, so there's all this other baggage that comes along with it. Um, so I do think that there is some truth, but it's, it's small. Um, it's a little, it, they're, you know, these small situations. So how about you, Michelle? 
had had so much to think about. And as you both were sharing, we're like, I love words and like super like seeking out what is, what is the word? And maybe the words we're using and attaching, like Chrissy said, let's not, you know, just let's put some thought into the words like fear can be a, if we said, let's just have like a board and say, what are all the things under fear? We wouldn't just say, no, it's just fear. Just leave it fear. Anxiety, the same to me. Anxiety, like you pointed out, Molly, it's past, present, you know, what we do in our heads with what ifs. But I think I have this word that I've made up. It's my compound word. It's called excited slash terrified. Very many things that you push yourself outside of the little groove we get into usually kick me into excited slash terrified. Like, oh, I don't know, that's requiring a lot of bandwidth or thought or stretching myself or resources or something. And it's just stretching me out there. I think except if, if we could like leave the words on the side and say, what does your, what does your body say? Does your body feel this is right? Does your body feel not yet? But also be able to ourselves to say, do I have a tendency to be a worrier? Do I have a tendency to expect Armageddon? Or am I me who's like, let's just jump off that thing. Be cognizant of your tendencies. And then if you need to stop yourself and say, okay, that's me getting my thing going. Um, and I think our horses would appreciate it because they're not, they're not using all the labels that we are, you know, um, sometimes I just go out there and think I'm just going to stand here and think like a horse and put down all my coulda, shoulda, wouldas, things I want to do and places I want to get. And then I tell myself, no, you're not supposed to get a place because you're not supposed to have an agenda. So you're just supposed to be improving your horsemanship, but you're not supposed to be focusing on a thing so much that your intent is creepy and my head starts and I'm like just be quiet and go out there and think sunshine grass friends you know just try and get into a place because I'm a word lover and what they mean but try and get into a place sometimes of just like feeling yeah that's really good so basically bringing yourself back to the present feeling what's around you as opposed to letting yourself kind of spin, spin. And without, and without the judgment, Chrissy touched on it. We judge ourselves so harshly. Um, for example, it's super compelling to be like, I'm getting back in this. I'm going to get my horse in a trailer and I'm going to go to this clinic and I'm going to ride in the arena and there's going to be two to 15 people. And then um, that will fix this. And it's like, Whoa, okay. There's so much to unpack there. Um, you know, and to look over the things, the small pieces, the bit by bit, the accrual. I used an, an illustration of if you come along a path and there's a 2000 pound boulder, you're like, unless you have heavy equipment, you're going to be, what am I going to do? I can't get around it. But if it were 2000 pounds of rocks, move one, you know, the next day, move three of them. The next day, you just need to lay on the couch and be like, whew, that was a lot. Let your body catch up. Um but I think breaking it down to doable bits and not forgetting that your horse needs to be part of this too, that help we can spend 
in the rest of our life, lifetimes trying to figure out how can I help my horse feel better about all of this so that my horse can join me. My horse might even fill in for me when something gets, you know, I'm like, woo, it's whatever rabbit. And your horse is like, I got this. You know, we just walk on by not to forget that component too. And that's a very rewarding component once you start seeing it and focusing your heart on that. That's great. Can I jump in real quick? Yes, please. I love what you both are saying. Um, I love that you brought the body into it, Michelle, because I was sitting here, um, you know, really sensing what you were saying. And Molly, I appreciate your, your kind of untangling fear and anxiety. So I'd like to untangle one more thing. Um, we use feeling indiscriminately, the word. And what I have been working on, this is after a really great conversation with a friend of mine who is um, a master of method body worker, and she's also familiar with somatic experiencing therapy. Uh-huh. And so she said she's starting to make a, di- a change between sensing and feeling. Because if you ask yourself, what am I feeling? That could include fear, anxiety, Oh, my left hip is really jacked up today. You know, it, it, it's a mishmash of emotional plus physical. But if we kind of take those apart and we say, what am I sensing? Oh, wow, my heart's beating really fast. What am I sensing? I can't feel my feet. What am I sensing? Oh my gosh, I'm not breathing very well, right? That gets us right into the body. Whereas feeling is the anxiety, fear, trepidation, excitement, you know, we'll do the positive ones too. So I think it's important when we're talking that we really stay in touch with the body. And this was a huge part of my recovery. And Michelle, I know it was a huge part of yours as well, is listening to the body because it is so easy to be with horses and to go through life with only our brains because our brains are amazing. But we forget this beautiful way that we have of carrying our brains around. And our bodies store all kinds of information that we don't register on a day-to-day basis. And I think honoring the body and, and really sensing what is going on there and then being clear about you know, what we're feeling, I think those two tools are really helpful to cultivate because those are going to help us not just with horses, but it'll help us in our lives as well. That is really, I love that. And that really just kind of hit me um, hard because I I haven't really ever thought about separating them. And the other thing that it made me think about is where I am right now in the journey. I talked to you guys a little bit before we started, like, should I share this? And because I I mentioned to both of you that I'm I'm a little bit half-baked. That's probably not the best phrasing to use. (laughs) But um, I'm always literally half baked, not in, <laughs> not in a substance like, way. Company, yeah. Um. So, but I'm in the process of rebuilding my confidence. Um. From the last wreck, and one other thing that just popped into my mind too is Michelle. You'd made the comment of, well, it's not ever finished, but I'm I'm not to the place where I'm back riding the horse that I got into the accident with. Um. And one of the things that I've been so drawn to doing, because I've spent a lot of time, I am very much in my head. I'm a thinker. I problem solve. I create. And it's a lot of it is in my head. And even when I was um, 
riding and I had coaching when I was riding, I'd have people say, you know, can you lift your sternum? And I'd be like, I can't even feel my sternum. Like, how am I going to lift it? Like getting into my body is really challenging for me. And right now, all I have been drawn to do with my horses is to be with them, is to go out there and hang out with them. And it has been a really powerful thing for me. Um, And it's something that I have done in the past, but I've done as something to do that's good to help with bonding. Because if I spend time where I'm not asking for anything, the horse, you know, the horses will like that. So even that I was in my head. Um, But to just be with them and have my hands on them or be standing off to the side and feeling what's going on, or maybe I should say sensing what's going on um, has been really powerful. And it is because the, the question of, will I ride? I don't know. And I think that that's something that, you know, and another thing that you'd said, Chrissy, is that the, the accidents that we have, it's not necessarily the big accident. It's a culmination of all of the things. And so when you've been in multiple, uh, wrecks, I think it can get more challenging. And I, I personally have had the feeling of, do I have the, what it takes to put in the amount of effort to rebuild? Cause with the first, the first wreck that I got in, like you'd said, um, Michelle, there was no question. I had no question in my mind that I'd ride again. It was just, it, yeah, maybe not that particular horse. My confidence was really uh, wrecked with that particular horse, not with the other horses, but now it really has been like, gosh, is it, is it worth it? You know, am I, and, and I've been finding the things that I love doing that don't necessarily involve getting in the saddle, but it's interesting also in what, uh, Chrissy, you'd, you'd shared about the titration as I've spent more and more time listening to myself spending time with them as a herd, um, spending time with them in the arena, really trying to listen and have a, a different kind of conversation that I, than I've had in the past. I have had more and more of this inkling of I'm going to ride again. I'm going to ride you and I'm going to ride you again, but I am not going to do that until that feeling stays. And I, I really feel okay about honoring that. So I hope if anybody listening, if you're having that, um, there's a reason and it isn't something to be ashamed of. Um, it's something to listen to. And there's so many things I'm learning because of that. Um, so I just wanted to share that. Beautifully That's Molly, you said you just wanted to share that. That's not a just thing. <laughs> it's not I mean, a just thing. I use that word. I know uh, we all, we all do. It's, yeah. it's, female thing, I think, because I've actually myself stop it. Um, and I applaud you for sharing that because every everything is a, is a spectrum. It's it's now. It's like where we are now. Honoring being able to be in now is flipping huge. It's huge for our horses. It's huge for us. It it being able to be like, I don't need external people that I don't even know to say, that's right. Good job. And you're expanding your horsemanship, your horse love 
so much more by just taking this time. And I wrote a poem a few months ago called Last Horse because I'd had people say to me, when's the last whatever? We don't know. Like right now is what we know. Um, there's always something you can do. There's literally always something, those of us who love horses, regardless of if it's age, um, economy, injury, whatever it is, there's always something we can do. Back to Chrissy's titration, you know, whether it's stand outside the fence, whether it's stick your nose in, whether it's help at a rescue, whether it's at liberty, whether it's taking a lawn chair and sitting there, all of those are acceptable things. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, really good. All right. So I think we, I think we've touched on what I'm going to ask you, but um, so for the folks that are joining us, you know, they're either watching or, or listening. Um, is there anything, and maybe, you know, they're, they might be uh, replaying their own story, uh, thinking about their own confidence, or maybe they know somebody, maybe, maybe they're not struggling with confidence themselves, but they have other people in their lives. They're curious about, you know, things that they can do beyond all the things that we've already shared. Is there anything else that you would want to share with someone listening? That's kind of in the thick of it. Shelly, you want to start? No, you're the smart one. You go. <laughs> I've been talking a lot. You can go. <laughs> All right. I'll, um, like this is not a dress rehearsal. This, this is it. It's, it's like, can we find our way if we, if we had it and we lost it, find our way back to awe and wonder and just being able to be like, it's a sunny day. You know, it's been a cold winter, the grass is growing, um, smell the smells. I think if we can kind of, horses is the big picture of what we want, but I think so much of it is how it's all, my book is called Horsemanship in Life, A True Story, because it's all interwoven. Like it's about life, it's about horses and how you show up for both. You gotta show up for yourself too. And if you're running on fumes and I'm gonna, say I think it's a female thing like you whether you come by nature or by nurture into this place where you have to be all things to everyone all the time no matter what um it's exhausting the pandemic was exhausting life can be exhausting losses are exhausting a lot of us are running around like our adrenals are like help oh, you know um get filled up you you operate if you're operating at a paucity then you're gonna be operating at a suboptimal whatever like fill yourself back up take those little joys um the danes like to eat bacon and cake when it's dark um i wrote a chapter about that in my first book fill yourself back up find people who fill fill you back up don't drain your tank um if anyone's ever watched the show what we do in the shadows when it's about these ancient vampires and one of them's an emotional vampire and it just Colin Robinson and cracks me up if there are drains on your life those they they all add up into what kind of oomph you have to go forward with your horse with your people um that's where I would start it's like check out your tank and see if you're running now 
my husband and I are both like the run on fumes people, which is great because we, that could be like a real marital discord issue. My grandparents were the people who were like, if you get below three quarters of a tank, you better start filling up. And I think they had something because most of us are running on fumes. Mm -hmm. So I would say fill, fill your tank back up, whether it's talking to somebody that lifts you up, you know, having a, cupcake, I don't know what it is, taking a walk, get outside, fill your tank up. Fabulous. I love what you're saying, Michelle. I love it. Love it. You're exactly right. So many of us are running on fumes and being connected with ourselves is the place we need to start because we can't, if we connect to our fear, we connect to our anxiety. We're disconnecting from you know, if that's our focus, the accident, I'm afraid, I don't know if I'll ride, I, you know, all these things, these that we turn around in our head. Um, if we connect to that, we've missed out on sensing where our body is, right? So I, I the other thing I would like to add, um, that was so beautiful what Michelle said, I don't have much to add beyond that, except for four words, which is this too shall pass. Amen. And that goes for everything. I mean, our life is going to pass our, and whether pass means it changes or it comes to an end, at some point, it will change. And just because we're in a certain state now doesn't mean we're going to be there tomorrow. You know, so keeping the possibility open that, oh, this may shift. You know, I've had days where I'm nervous and I go out and the next day I'm even more nervous and I think, shit, what is this? You know, but it's important not to get caught up in. I am doomed, right? I'm always going to feel this way. I'll never enjoy horses. I always and never and should are my three words. So you were mentioning just Michelle, always, never, and should. Anytime those float through our heads, you can be sure that whatever's behind it is false. <laughs> so I would say just keep in mind that where you are today isn't a predictor of where you'll be tomorrow. I five you on that. I had actually written down that as a note because you have a chapter called fear is temporary. Yeah. And I, I had written something what's now isn't forever. And it leads us full circle, Molly, to Charlie Snell, who we dearly love and the famous annoying horseman motto, which is it depends. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that I was going to add, speaking of Charlie, um, by the way, thank you so much. I'm feeling so inspired and filled up. I feel like my tank just got, you know, at least a quarter. <laughs> um, it, it's been really great. But uh, the thing that I was thinking of is that um, finding the right support. Oh, yeah. Maybe get rid of the word right, but finding support that's that fits you in that time um and if someone says something that doesn't fit or they tell you that it's you know all in your head and you need to just cowboy up go go find someone else because they're out there and when I after the big the big wreck that I had and I knew that I needed more horsemanship knowledge Charlie was the one that kept popping up in my head um, and I went to spend a little time with him and I shared with him about the, the feelings of unconfidence that I was having. And, and he right away shared a story with me about him when he had to rebuild his own. 
and it was completely shattered. And here's this cowboy that's been, you know, riding everything all his life. And he got in a wreck that hurt him and he was shaking in his boots, you know, and um, thought he'd never be able to ride again. And when he shared that and he, and he, he really made a point of telling me, I don't care if I tell you to do something, if something inside yourself tells you not to don't do it. You listen to yourself. That's an important voice. And I was like, okay, you're the one for me. I mean, I already knew I wanted to learn from him, but when he shared that, I was like, that's it. So find those people. Um, Cause oftentimes we need support after we lose our confidence because there is a level of skill or knowledge that maybe we need, not necessarily like maybe in Chrissy in your example, it kind of just came out of nowhere. But, um, but I think that that's an important piece is, is getting that support and we all need it. I don't care how many years you've been in it. We all need it. So, um, yeah. I'm glad you said that in this article that I wrote, that was part of it. And I've known Christy for years. Chrissy is amazing. And she has a space and a grace about her. Um, the same with Mark um, and the same with Charlie. And I've also been in places where I've thought you should just get your horse and go home. And I didn't have the wherewithal to do it at the time. I've watched friends of mine be in situations that I thought, no, no, get out of there. Um, congruency, because this is a horsemanship life process. It's that those two things need, it's not saying that we're seeking perfection in ourselves or people we mentor or learn from, but somebody who has the grace and the congruency where their ability and their humanhood go together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well said. Thank you, Michelle. Welcome. You're awesome. Well, you're awesome. You're awesome. This no, is so fun. Awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> you're... Well, I want to say a huge thank you to both of you for doing this and sharing your stories and the things that you've learned. I think it's been super helpful for me to hear personally at this time and where I'm at. And uh, I hope that for the folks listening or watching that it has uh, resonated with you as well. And uh, I will be making sure that there is information on how to connect with both Michelle and Chrissy um, and get their books. Um, if you haven't already, uh, Michelle has two. Chrissy, you have one? Is uh, No. I have, I have four books. Oh, my gosh. Two of them are fiction. And then two of them are nonfiction about horses. Fabulous. And, and she has a third in the in the oven. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. So. We'll make sure to link. Amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll make sure to link to those. And uh, yeah. And thank you, you know, for joining us and listening. And thank you to the two of you for being here. Molly, thank you for everything you're doing to help provide this space for people to learn and grow. I applaud you. Yes. Thank you. you. It's been an honor to be here with you both and talk about these things. It's been a real pleasure. My tank is fuller. Mine too. Three quarters. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. All right. What an amazing treat it was for me to spend time with Chrissy and Michelle. I definitely left the conversation feeling more inspired. And like we all said, our tank was fuller. 
I hope the same is true for you. I hope you have more strategies to try out. And again, like I mentioned at the beginning, that you have a sense that you're not alone in this. So many of us go through this. In fact, I know very few people that haven't had some time in their journey where they've had to rebuild confidence or build confidence in something new. If you'd like to connect with any of the three of us, there are links to do so in the notes below. And I just want to encourage you to really think about what are the small things? What are the things that you can be doing to fall in love again if you've fallen out um, and to get closer to your goal? I also, on a personal note, wanted to report, it's been a couple of months since this conversation, and I have continued listening to myself and slowly getting closer and closer to riding. And as of today, I am riding one of my horses again, and it feels amazing. So if you are considering that question of, will I ride again? And you might be thinking that maybe you won't. It is so okay. It is so normal and natural. And um, there's so many things that you can be doing that don't involve riding. Um, so. Anyway, I wanted to report that. And again, thank you for being a part of this. Huge thank you to Michelle and Chrissy. Um, and a, a, an additional thank you to Michelle because it is because of her that this happened. So I hope that you continue on with a little more confidence and that you have a wonderful rest of your day.